Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. Today we're going to be sharing with you guys the, the pillars of who we are. First thing I want to tell you about is thank you guys so much. And, and today's really um, uh, information, communication, and uh, we're going to be kind of showing you some of the leaders. And before we get into all that and just kind of like going towards um, just doing all that, I want you to understand that vision is so important for your life. Um, I really believe it's the constraint of your life. You know, so the Bible says without a vision, the people perish. And one translation, you know, I use all the time is that you cast off constraint and we don't really realize our purpose without vision. So the book of Habakkuk chapter two, he tells Habakkuk, he says, write the vision, make it plain, so they that read it can run with it and they could basically achieve the goal that I've set before. It was very prophetic. And what he was explaining was this, anything that you get a download from, from heaven or a vision or a purpose or a plan, writing it and making it plain is more about let's clarify it so other people could see it. It has to become simple. You know, the bigger picture of vision is this, you know, oh, I'm part of it, but I don't know where we're going. Well, that's not really getting us anywhere. What are we about? What are we doing? So the clearer we make the picture, the easier it is for us to see. And then it kind of starts becoming a mission and a mandate. And then it becomes a responsibility. And I think the one thing that we really got to understand is this, is that the responsibility has been given to all of us um, because it's impossible to achieve with just one of us. You know what I mean? There's no way we could do it, but it's corporate. It's like a team. The easiest way to liken this thing is like a team. Like, say, I don't know, pick your favorite sport. Football, baseball, basketball, softball. I don't care what you play. There's a bunch of different positions, but everybody as a team goes forward to achieve a goal. There's not one person on the team. You know? Some of the parts of the team. I mean, you know, like, if you play football, the quarterback's a really important position. The punter, you don't even know who the guy is. You know what I mean? The guy snapping the thing, you know, it's like the long snapper, nobody knows the guy's name. The guy that, but here's the thing, you know what's funny about this? It was really crazy. I went somewhere and this guy had a Super Bowl ring. Not only did the one guy play, the other guy was on the staff. And the other guy was like, I said, you get a Super Bowl ring for being on the staff? He was like, oh yeah. The chaplain, my buddy was, a, one of my friends was a chaplain. He knew this other chaplain. When the Eagles won, he was the chaplain of the Eagles, he got one. I said, the chaplain got a ring? Chaplain ain't never been on the field. Never got hit. He probably didn't have to go get nobody a towel or no water. But he was just connected to the team. And the Joker got a ring. The same guy got in there to lift blood, sweat, and tears on the field. That's right. Same ring. Not less diamonds. You see what I'm saying? So kingdom is like a team reward. It's not an individual thing like, oh, look at you. You did great. No, we, we're doing it together. So it isn't one individual. Like, you know, so the dude that scores the game winner, yay, we won the game. No, we all won because you did your job. So your job's really important, just like a team, because if one guy don't block and one guy doesn't do this and another guy doesn't do this and the play doesn't, and if the plays don't come in right, the whole thing don't work. So don't look at your part and be like, well, you know, I'm just a, no, you're important. And the more you realize how important you are, the better you start seeing the kingdom way of doing things is the best way to say it. So we're going to give you some of these connectable parts. And I think, too, it's important to recognize, like, the vision and the values that we have as a church are not just for the church as collectively as an entity, but they're vision and values for your life. So when, um, we, when we give these things, you, you think of them and think, okay, we're going to tell you what the vision of the church is. That becomes the vision for your life. Yes. The values that we hold become the values for your life just as much as they are for us as a body together. And when we look at what our vision is, our vision at Relevant Church is very simple. It's connecting people to God. We connect people to God. Why? Because people need God more than they've ever needed God. We live in this world has gone crazy. 
Yeah. It's insanity sometimes. Sure. Do you ever watch it and you just go, what in the actual heck is happening right now? No, no, no. But you want to know what? People need God. They're going through very real situations in their families. They're going through things in their lives that they need God. And sometimes they need hope. So as a church, we're going to connect people to God. But you as individuals, your job is to connect vision for your life is that my vision when I wake up in the morning is that I'm going to connect someone to God today. Who can I connect to God today? The mom at the school when I drop my kids off, she might need some encouragement. The cashier at Publix, I might need to tell, I might need to help. Then you wake up every day with that vision. My job is to connect people to God today. Who can I connect to God today? Why? Because they need you. And when we look at that, we say that we exist to help every person who walks through our doors find their place, reveal their purpose, and unlock their potential. We believe this from the beginning that every single one of you and every single one of anyone who hasn't even been here yet or everyone who watches online, you have a purpose and you have a calling. Yes. God has called you to a specific purpose. Does that mean, oh, well, I don't know. I'm not supposed to preach. I didn't say anything about preaching. Calling is about what you're called to do on the regular. And, and, you know, you have a calling, you have a purpose. God created you for his purpose. And so when you look at that, we are here to help you find your place in the body, help you reveal the purpose that God has given to you. And that's why we have, we have things like the, the Bible college. Why? Because we had a bunch of people who did not know they were called by God, Man. who just wanted to learn more about the Bible, who are now ministering in a huge capacity. Why? Because in getting to know who God was and in connecting to God, the calling of God became clear, and they're able to walk in that calling. And then unlock your potential. See, the thing is this. Nobody can see your potential better than somebody else. You're not going to see your full, no, no one in this room will ever know what their full potential is. Why? Because you'll always short, short sell yourself because you know you, you know your flaws, you know your failures, and you need someone to come in and say, no, I see something in you that's greater than you. So we, that's our goal and that's our mission is to help people find their place, reveal the purpose that God has for them and unlock the potential that's inside of them that can be utilized to fulfill that calling. Yeah, I think you guys just really got to like... From the beginning, even starting, you know, from going to Bible school, I was like, man, these a lot of people ain't going to pack up and move across the country. I didn't even think I should have did it. You know what I mean? Because you just don't know. And I, I seen a lot of people with a lot of heart just needed knowledge. So that was the reason why we brought Bible college to you. And now the people doing the ministry were some of the students that just took a step of faith and said, I just want to learn more about the Word of God. And it was really cool because I actually thought about it when I was there. I was like, 90% of the people that I was ministering to were not going to pack up and move across the country. I don't even think it's the greatest way to do it anymore either. I think you should get trained where you're at. You need five miracles. You got to get a new job. got to do this. got to do this. So coming back, I was like, man, you know what? Let's just train these people right where they're at. And then watching the Knowledge Connect a couple months into it, seeing the light bulb go on of being called and having purpose was so amazing to just see these guys. And now they're doing the ministry that God's called them to and probably doing it more effectively than someone um, that was trained in that thing because passion is a revealer of purpose. What, what are you passionate about? You know, I told them in the morning service, I said, whatever you love and whatever you hate is revealing your purpose. That's right. If you hate something, and hate's a strong word, but not really. If you hate something, it's revealing a passion. I hate to see the single mom struggling. I hate to see, you know, I was one of these, and I hate to see, you know, the homeless situation. Well, then you're revealing, you know, I hate to see people in need. I don't know. And it's the thing. Don't, don't critique somebody else's passion. You know what I mean? It might not be yours. I can't get passionate about everything because it's not my purpose. So, you know, you might be like, oh, it doesn't bother me none. You know, I can walk right by it. For you, it's like, you're, you're, it's, like uh, it's like your heart's bleeding to these people in need, but whether it be whatever it is. So guess what? You know, I've been places like, you ever go somewhere and like people are like weeping over something and you're like, why is that bothering you? You know, I've been on the mission field and people were crying about stuff. I'm like, I'm just here to like rip the devil's face off and you guys are worried about how these people are going to eat the food. I mean, you know what I mean? That's not, that doesn't mean I was bad, they were good, I was good, they were bad. That just means you probably got a humanitarian side of your life where you want to go, you know, feed the multitudes where I'm like, I want to go crush the devil's face because that's what I'm here to do. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I know that's real bad, you know, 
analogy, but you get what I'm saying. I was like, they're like, oh, look at all the starving people. I'm like, oh, let me go beat the devil in the head, you know, and I'm like, you go feed them, you know? So it's like, don't critique somebody else's passion is what I'm saying. It's your passion for a reason, find it. You might not, somebody like, I hate seeing people broke. Good, then guess what? Go teach the class about financial prosperity. That could be your passion. Or, you know, prison ministry, we do so many great things there. So find your spot. You know, we just, we're gonna share, we're gonna share the pillars um, and, and these principles, and I wanna just take them one at a time, and then, you know, we'll talk about the leadership stuff, but I think one of these, number one thing is, who, who are we? You know, the values, the slide's gonna be up there about teach the word and follow this. Here's, here's what we're all about. We got five pillars. I call them five pillars. There's probably 50 million things we stand for. These are our non-negotiables as a ministry, and here they are. Teaching the word of God, following the spirit of God, building the community, reach the world and aim for excellence. First and foremost is this. This one to me, you could say one and done for me, okay? That's great, we're gonna do all that stuff. If we do number one, we'll achieve all the other four goals. Teach the word of God. Non-compromised, no way, not backing up. We're gonna be Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, Bible-standing, you're not gonna tell me what I'm gonna talk about. I'm gonna talk about the word of God and the story, okay? We get it. We're not compromising, you know, oh, what do you think about this? I'm gonna show you what the Bible says. That's what we believe. That's who we are. We're not compromising it for nobody. Why is teaching the word so important? I'll let you read that in a minute. But one of the reasons why I teach the word of God is because this is, this is not just something we do. It's who we are. You and I were born again because of the seed of the word of God. How in the world can we compromise the truth? Now, let me explain something here. People's opinion of the truth is not the truth. Well, I don't think God's like that. Well, God tells you who he is real clear in his word. Let's just find the word of God, and that's where our rubber meets the road, and that's what we're about. So does that make sense? So I'm gonna let Pastor Liz kind of talk to you about the internal part of what we believe. I'll let her read it. But then I wanna tell you what I'm talking about with this is that you need to make the word of God your non-negotiable. You cannot negotiate the word of God. There's no negotiating in the word of God. You know, I told him in the morning, God's, God, see, we live in a democracy and democracy is great, but you know what? Almost democracy is dangerous to a degree. And I understand I want you to have your freedoms. Please understand me. But, because somebody paid for those freedoms with their blood. Somebody paid, but democracy is dangerous because you got a bunch of people that don't know nothing opening their mouth and they talk stupid, you know, but they don't really know the foundational principles that our even country has been st standing upon. And you got like all this stuff like, oh yeah. No, what I'm trying to say to you is we work in a kingdom with a king. We don't live in a democracy. There's, this stuff's not up for debate or vote or like, you know, oh, you know, this is my opinion of the word of God. No, we live with a kingdom with a king and he does not change who he is. So you either change who you are and adapt to the principles that he's given you or you don't. So we're making it foremost and founded that we are what? We teach the word of God, we stand with the word of God, and we ain't compromising the word of God for nothing or nobody. Amen. So our number one authority is the word of God. And we must stand firmly on the foundation of the Bible and make it our mission both to build with the word, but be, be built by the truth of its principles and constructs. See, the Bible says that the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, dividing us under the soul and the spirit. So the bottom line is it's not always comfortable to let the word of God be your guide. It's not always comfortable to make that be what you build and constrains your life because that means you might have to change some mentalities. You might have to adjust a way of thinking. You might have to not say certain things. You might have to not act certain ways. Yeah. Why? Because the word, when the word of God becomes first place in your life, it's not part of the word of God. It doesn't say take the scriptures that you like and let that guide your life. No, you take the whole book, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, and say, this is what the word of God says. You either believe all of it or believe none of it. There's yeah. no in between. So we have to make sure that we are following the word, that that's first place in your life. Well, and I would say this, that the word of God can't be first place in your life if you're not spending time knowing what the word says. True. It's not enough to just come to church on Sunday morning and hear a scripture, even though we have an awesome pastor who preaches phenomenal word and who builds us up. But if you just go to church on Sunday, you know what's going to happen on Wednesday. So it's your job to be, if you're going to be built by the word of God, yes. then you have to get in the word of God and put in you the word so that that's what comes out of you in every situation. Yeah, the 2 Timothy 3.16 is really strong in the passion 
If you want to pull it up, you can. I think it'd be good for him to see it. Second, Second Timothy 3.16, Passion Translation 3.16 and 17 is the scripture where every scripture has been given and the interpretation of it is to reprove and build growth and do this. But it really, really is clear in the Passion. It says, every part of scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, and training us to live God's ways. Through the word of God, we are put together and shaped up for the task God has for us. So basically, there you go. In a nutshell, why are we rocking the word of God so foremost? And we're not, and I call them non-negotiables. I'm not negotiating it. You know what I mean? I'm not like, oh, I want to give you my opinion. No, there is no opinion. It's the truth. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's really important. Now, now what's that mean? So that's what we stand for in the church. So if they come in here and say, you got to say this, I'll tell them, no, I'm going to say what I want to say because we're standing for the word. Okay, we got that. We're going to be like that in the church. So that trickles in your home life then. We're word people. How many of you have gotten hammered for being word people? You know what I mean? You're like, oh my God, you're a little too much with the word and the Bible and all this stuff. And then all your friends think you're crazy. But you know what? You've changed your, 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 your kind of like, um, you changed your house because of the word of God. For me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. It's becoming non-negotiable from church. It'll start becoming a non-negotiable in your house. Hey, we live the word. We're word people. You see what I'm saying? That's why part number two is big. We're going to follow the spirit of God. I'm going to let PL read the thing, but we're going to follow the Holy Spirit. Now watch this. This is the most controversial subject in the body of Christ. Because, and I'm going to say this, and this is really good. This is why we could share our heart. This is like, this is a totally different Sunday. But you need to hear this. Let me tell you something here, and you need to get this from me. Because I'm a little extreme. You know what I mean? In a good way. Yeah, in a good way, you know? But let me show you something here. This is why. You know, I was talking, me and Pastor Josh were talking. And I said something to him when we were talking about the Holy Spirit. I said, look it, he will counsel your heart and he will comfort your heart and counsel your mind, the Holy Spirit, okay? So the minute I get that as a pastor, I start going, I can't, I can't comfort your heart. I could try, but I can't do as good as the Holy Ghost. And I sure cannot counsel your mind as good as he can because it's the Holy Ghost. So look at me. I become, really, if I care about you, adamant that you get the Holy Ghost because he's the only one that could comfort your heart and counsel your mind. And literally, at this sense, at the, at the, it doesn't make sense, but at the expense of almost losing you for what you don't understand, I care too much about you to leave you alone. I'll take the shot of losing you to tell you the truth. And we're gonna, we're gonna back up on this Holy Spirit. That means you're gonna be dependent on me the rest of your life. No way, because you're gonna, that's Jesus. Uh, it's good. Jesus, at his own expense, you don't think he wanted to stay with the disciples? I think he did. I think he would have. But you know what he said? I gotta go, it's good for me to go. What do you mean it's good for you to go? We want you to stay. You're here, you're, you're finally in this resurrected place. You could stay forever. Now, you don't understand. I can only be one place at one time, but when he comes, he could go home with you. I can't. If I'm in Judea, I can't be with you in Galilee. If I'm in Galilee, I can't be with you over here in Jerusalem. I can't be all these places. But he can go with you. So see what you're saying? He, at the point, what? And he breathed and left. So at the expense of almost you going, I don't understand it. I want you to get it. And we, we made it a foundational principle at the point of almost people going, oh, my God. Why? Because I can't comfort your heart like he can. You can't go to enough counseling, man, to fix what he could fix in your head. You go to counseling, go to counseling. That's not what I'm saying, but who can comfort you and counsel you better than him? And I'm going to be like, oh, you know, I don't think you really need this. It's not that important. You better believe it's that important. It's the most important relationship you have because it's Jesus in the church for the modern day. He came in the form of the Holy Ghost. Where's Jesus Christ, the Son of God, right now? He's in heaven sitting at the right hand of the Father. He gave you the Holy Spirit for this dispensation of time. So if a church is like, I'm not down with the Holy Ghost, what are you kidding me? All you got is a program, man. You ain't got no help. Oh, great communication. Man, you got to take, if the Holy Spirit is the side of God we get to see in the dispensation of life we're living right now, and we go, we don't want him to come, then you're just basically saying, I don't want Jesus and God showing up in the building. 
And if we know this stuff to back up on it, you're no way. So what's that mean? We're going to follow the Spirit as best we can. So we follow the Holy Spirit wherever he leads. We're sensitive, we're obedient, and willing to listen to every truth he reminds us of. It is our priority to never get in the way of the Holy Spirit. And we do that here in church. But it's important for you in your personal life to follow the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is always talking. But how loud he talks is up to you. Sometimes it's not that he's not talking, it's that you're not listening and you stopped hearing him. But he's always, and you know, and it's for you. The Holy Spirit is your comforter. He answered, he knows all things. I said this in the morning service. On your job, if you follow the Spirit on your job, you'll be the best employee there ever was. You'll get promoted. Why? Because he'll give you answers to problems that nobody else can answer, but he gave you the answer. Why did Daniel get promoted? Because the Holy Spirit revealed to Daniel something that no one else was revealed. And he was able to solve a problem from the Holy Spirit giving him revelation. And if you're sensitive to him, it helps you personally, but it also can help someone else. I told them the story in the morning. I had a friend who was going through a situation, and, and I felt like the Holy Spirit told me to, to text them a scripture. And I was like, have, you ever, have the Holy Spirit ever told you to do something? You're like, yeah, I'll do that later. But you forgot for like two days. And I was in my kitchen, and I kid you not, I was getting ready to bake cookies or something, and the Holy Spirit was like, text the scripture now. And I stopped everything I was doing, and I went and got my phone, and I texted the scripture. And what they sent back to me was like, oh my gosh, that is the exact scripture that we used last night. And what we are walking through and going through, even though I know God has it in control, this was a reminder to me that he has this situation taken care of. She needed that reminder in that moment. But if I'm not sensitive to the Holy Spirit and I'm not obedient to what he's leading me to do, there's someone who's maybe either holding on, but give them, that gave them the extra strength to say, this is exactly why. The Holy Spirit knows exactly what each and every person needs. We don't. Amen. That's why when he says, text a person and say, hey, I just want you to know you're beautiful and God loves you today. Or that you speak to that person. Follow the Spirit wherever he leads. He'll lead you and he'll guide you. And he'll lead you and guide you to help other people. Amen. And three is this, we've got to build a community. Now, I think this is twofold. I know community has a real outside mindset and we have that. We need to build the community within the church, and we need to build the community outside of the church. And the way we build community within the church is we got to show up to stuff. And that's not like the, you know, the ploy. You know, it's funny, Billy, I, I, <laughs> did you hear me at 9 o'clock? It was hilarious. Billy's been with me. Some of you guys have been with me 16, 17 years, at least 15 years. You know, you guys have been with me since Miracle Center. Yeah, Holly was the, one of the original, you know, second service. And I'm laughing. Billy finally listened to me one day. I said, Billy, you know what? You need to really, he, they were single. And I, you, know, you should listen to me. I have wisdom. And I said, Billy, you know what you need? You need a nice girl like Holly. He goes, you know, Pastor, I'm going to think about that. Here they are now. Three kids later. Follow my instruction. It might lead you to the path of success. Amen? So he, he took it to heart, paid attention. I said, Holly's a really good girl, Billy. He said, I'll... You were paying attention, Billy. Good job. But it was funny. We were laughing Sunday. Yes, Saturday. I laughed because I said, well, go see Billy. You know, he's like a fixture around here. Like, go see Billy. And you stood up and go, who's Billy? He said, he said, he said who's Billy? I said, you don't know who Billy is? We're growing. We're growing. And that was kind of funny. Like, if I mentioned somebody that's been here for years, you know, we were like, oh, yeah, no, duh. You know what I mean? It's like, well, we know one another, but I don't know some of you. Some of you guys are brand new to the family here, and we don't know who you are, and we're not like, you know, we're not the frozen chosen. We're like, hey, you stay there, we stay here. We want everybody to come in, but you got to show up to stuff because Sunday ain't enough. I can't talk to you on Sunday. You're in the door, out the door. We're busy. Everybody, not us. You're busy too. We're in and out. I try to go in the foyer, but guess what? When you come to men's, when you come to the men's breakfast, or you come to the business fellowship, or you go to the ladies' event, look, we're not forcing relationship, but you got to do life with people, man. And let me tell you what was so important with this. And I didn't want to, in the morning service, some of the people were in there. We had relationships solves life's problems. And it was funny, and he was here. We, we, we had a problem with stuff. There are people in this room that solve problems because of relationship. They make my life easier. That is not why I have those relationships, but because of those relationships, it makes my life easier. We came in here one day, 
there was a flood for crying out loud. And y'all know what I'm talking about. It rained and stuff. And I was like, I couldn't get, I couldn't get somebody to come fix the thing if I tried. And you know what? I picked up the phone. I said, Dana, we need help. Dana put the guys up there for three days. Chris with the lights. That's why it's bright in here. I used to hate how dark it was in here. I'm like, where are we going to find something? He said, I can do that. And boom, it was relationship. Now, I don't have those relationships because of what these people do for me. I have those relationships because I love these guys. But guess what happened out of the relationship? They started solving problems. You're one problem-solving person away because of a relationship. I don't even know who does what. I didn't know what you people did. Some of you guys, I was like, I don't even know. And you fix stuff. And, and it's not just the fix stuff. It's relationship. How, how many times have you called somebody? We got to build community within the church, and then we got to get community outside the door. And I think we got to realize this. And I'll tell you what. When people come in the building here, and they, they're looking for community, they're looking for, and I read something, you know, it's funny, it was something goofy, it was a business thing, and this business took off, and these people made like a billion bucks or something like that, and the people that were in the organization said something, I read it the other day, it was quick, and, and I thought of it, I was like, wow, and the people said, we really thought, we joined the business because we really thought we were going to find friendships and relationships, and that's why we got involved. And I started asking myself, I said, you know what? People are looking for friendship. As much as friendship sometimes can be tasking and daunting because people are just, you know, people, you know, you are really looking for community and really looking for relationships. You just don't know who to trust yet. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying you're going to get along with everybody, but you got to get along with somebody. And who you got to pick up the phone and say, man, I'm really going through. Can you just pray with me? Let's not talk about it and get all weird. You build that through church. And then the outside world Man, they need us. They need us like no tomorrow, man. And we have to really become intentional with reaching the community because you know what? It ain't just going to happen by happenstance. And to me, I think that's where you find a lot of your passions because, like, listen, you got a passion. Like, I think we got – you have all the, all the social, the civil and social services that we have in the community. They need our attention. They need our support. The school systems need our attention, need our support. Everything that's going on outside these doors from, you know what I mean, everything that goes on, they need our support. And, you know, we don't have to go sharing our beliefs. We just got to go sharing love. You know, I had this one guy, they're like, oh, you want to go talk theology? I'm like, no. You know, like, they don't have just stupid meetings where we're going to talk about theology. I was like, no, I don't want to go have a meeting about talking about theology because we're going to disagree. Somebody's going to argue. I said, I want to have a meeting where we talk about the love of God. Where do we find where we agree? And you know what? The guy out there that we're helping, he don't really care what our theology thinks. That's right. They want to see the love. So let's go love this community. And we need you to do that because guess what? Some of you are to link into there. We're, in, we're, in, we're doing stuff right now as a church because of the relationships within the church. We wouldn't be able to get in some of these places without the relationship. You're telling me you're not important? You're massively important. You know, we said from the beginning, from almost day one of the church, we've said we're not a church. We're a family that goes to church together. Uh, family is there through good, through bad. Family is family. And you don't have to be blood to be family, but we have the blood. Amen. Um, but we, it's, we're a family that goes to church yeah. together. Our family consists of those we know and those we've yet to meet who will soon walk through our doors. Relationship is the heartbeat of our church. And I just wanted to read. A, there's a scripture. It's um, it's um, 1 Corinthians 5, 4. And in the Message Bible, it says this. It says, assemble the community. I'll be present in spirit with you, and our master Jesus will be present in power. When you build a community, it gives Jesus the opportunity to be present in power and the Holy Spirit to be present in his spirit. You know, you can, you, people are like, oh, I don't have to go to church. Church is not a building. But you want to know what? There's something that happens corporately when you assemble the community together that where you give access to the Holy Spirit and you invite him to come in. And then Jesus can operate in miracles and power. And his power is stronger. Why? It says one can put a thousand to flight, but two can put 10,000 to flight. How come two can put 10 times more than one person? So how many can we put to flight if we've got two, four, six, eight, 10, 12? If we're all together in community, we give Jesus the opportunity to have his power show up and we can put anything to flight in the community. So, you know, it, with our community together. Amen. Four, we've got to reach the world. Come on. Now, listen, man, this is global. We've always been global. You know what I mean? It's never just been, oh, let's go, let's go sit in Daytona Beach. It was global before it was ever Daytona Beach. Mm -hmm. 
So we have to reach the world, and now even greater than ever before is it important to reach the world. You know what I mean? Now, that means what? It's the Great Commission. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. It wasn't an option. You know, a lot of people are looking for the go. You know, we've always been saying, I mean, me, me and Will went to India. We went places. A couple of you guys came with me. Um, it was funny. Me and Larry, Larry, me and Larry, me and Larry were the first. We went to Guatemala and got in trouble. Right, right? It was Larry's fault. But anyway, he was getting rowdy. Uh, <laughs> Somebody's like, who's Larry? I don't know. Come to an event, you'll you find out. You know Larry. You know that's not true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Larry was getting wild. I had to calm him down. <laughs> Listen, Great Commission is going to all the world and preach the gospel, man. Come on, you got to go and do. Now listen, you might say, well, I don't want to go. I don't want to get in a plane. Send somebody, pray for somebody. But what, we have to make sure we handle the global mission. And let me show you what the global mission is. And he said, this is going to all the world and preach the gospel. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth shall not shall be what? Damned. He's saying what? He said, he that does not believe, he ain't going to make it. Why? Because he is not a believer. Amen. So if the world doesn't know the truth, it's our fault. Why has the world not been evangelized? It's the responsibility of the church to do its part. We got to go into all the world. So we have to have a global mission in a minute. Now, whether you go or you send, we still got to make it part of the plan. Why? It's a mission and a mandate. You know why? So you might say, well, I'm not really too concerned with all the world. Well, your world, your mission field, you know, you ever go to one of those churches, they got the sign outside, your mission field, like in the parking lot? You know, you go there, you pull it out in the driveway, like, hey, we're leaving. And it's like your mission field starts now. That's your mission field. You know, I seen a guy one time take the map and say, like, right, we're in here in Daytona Beach. And he, he put, he, he said, okay, here's how you do this world evangelism thing. He said, put a dot where, put a dot where your church is, or put a dot where your house is, right? And he got a dime. And he said, take the dime and put it as centered as you can and circle it. There's your mission field. And after you finish that, put a nickel and circle it. And after that, you're growing. After that, get a quarter, get a half dollar, and just start going out of there. Judea, Jerusalem, and the other most parts of the world. You know what I'm saying? Your neighbor. See what I'm saying? Now, once we start getting kingdom-minded, you ain't coming to church just to receive. I'm coming to church to find them. Yeah. Where are they at? You feel good? Is this good? Can I help you? You see, now we start thinking, where I go to work, my neighbor, the guy across the block, whatever, whoever, my coworker, everybody needs the truth. And I tell you, man, you know, I, I don't remember a lot of stuff that one dude taught in class. The only thing I remember him saying was this. He said, man, he said, I'm serious. The class was totally boring, and I was checked out. But praise be to God, I paid attention to the important. I was so checked out. And, it, and I never forget the one day he's like, you know, some of you are so worried about offending people with your beliefs. And I said, yeah, I kind of could see that. You know, you don't want to, like, tick anybody off about the truth. And he said, how offended do you think they're going to be when they take their first step in hell and they knew all the while you knew the truth, but you were too scared to share it with them? That will, give you the, that will literally give you the ministry of I don't care. Hey, you need to know the truth. And, and, I, and I literally put myself in that position because of that. I was like, what do I care if I offend you? You need to hear the truth. Now, I'm going to do it in love and the best I can, but if you get offended about it, I don't want you to be that guy that takes one step into hell and you realize I knew the truth all the while, but I was too, too much of a punk not to share it. Nah, man, bump that. I, I, I was literally, I told somebody this the other day, we were driving in the town car, and I said, oh, yeah, this guy rode by. He got a really nice ride. He rides in town. He got a really, really nice ride. Probably the best ride in town. It went riding by, and the kid's seen it. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I preached to him in his lobby of his house. My dad was with me. I cornered him in the office. He goes, what do you want to talk about? I said, I want to talk about God. He said, I don't want to talk about God. I said, well, I do. And I'm in your, you know, office, and I ain't leaving. So let's just get this over with. Joker looked at me like, who you think you are? You know what I told him? You know what I told him? I said, I work for the kingdom. That was, my, that was my big thing. I work for the kingdom. I'm a kingdom ambassador. I just got to share the truth because God loves you. You know, I don't, even, I don't even love those people. I love them a little, but I don't love them, love them, because some of them are jerky. You know what I mean? There's sure jerky people. I say, I'm going to tell you because God loves you. God loves you. And if I'm the only example, T.L. Osborne scared me when he said that. He said, if I am the only person, T.L. Osborne scared the tar out of me with this, man. He scared me. He said, if you are the only example of Jesus Christ that people ever see, you better pray to God you do him right. Mm -hmm. 
What if I'm the only example of a Christian they ever see? That'll make you hold your tongue. Because I was like, what if I'm the only one you ever get to see? I'd be like, oh, God, praise God. Bring a better one than me along, will you? <laughs> so in reaching the world, our mission extends further than our four walls. <laughs> We focus on bringing the vision and values of relevant church to the nations, and it's our goal to partner with and care for the globe. See, the thing is this. Before we were ever a church, we were a global ministry. And, and you might say, I've never been outside of the state. But guess what? Yes, you have, because what you're connected to has. And Team. it's all of us together. So you're going to have people one day when you go to heaven, someone from India is going to come up to you and shake your hand and say, thank you for being a part of helping me receive Jesus. It's like we look at that. We're all a team together. Pastor Chris preaches it all the time, that, that when Jesus said, Peter, cast your nets, he gave to his partners benefited from the harvest of Peter being obedient. Yes. Right? So when you look at that, we, there's a lot, we do so many things globally that maybe you don't know about. I mean, we have Bible colleges around the world right now. In the, in the Republic of Congo, in Africa, there are 7,000 primary school students, meaning elementary, who are being taught our Bible college curriculum. Mm. In addition to reading, writing, and arithmetic, they're learning righteousness and faith and healing and miracles and who they are. Why? Because when we went there, they said, we want this curriculum. We don't want it for the adults. We want to start teaching it to the children. Can we have it for the kids? And we said, yes. Yeah. Did you, you're like, I didn't write that curriculum. You're connected and it's all, we're all together in this. As Pastor Chris said, the guy who works in the office of the team gets the Super Bowl ring, even if he never stepped foot on the field, but he's part of the team and he's connected together. We have a global mission. We have a heart for them. You know, you say, I, I, I don't know if I have a heart. You know what? Just take some time and start praying for the nations. There, you look at what's happening all around the world. What's happening in Afghanistan right now? What's happening in these churches? You want to know what? It burdened my heart. I started to pray. Did you know that our prayers avail much? So we're part of a global mission that's bigger than us. Amen. And our very last value is that we aim for excellence. Yeah. This one, this one, this one right here, you better jot this down. She, I call her she. She excellence is elusive. You cannot... Excellence is never achievable, but it always constantly must be pursued. People stop pursuing it because it's elusive. And the problem is they start producing comparison with them themselves to go, why can I never get there? This has nothing to do with you. She, I, it's like, I don't know, I'm like the word of God, like wisdom, you know, like... Uh, Solomon wrote, said it like, you know, he's like wisdom. He calls her she. When you find her, she's like rubies. He's talking about the word. But she, I'm like making a loop, like, because it's like you talk about excellence. It's elusive, man. And you can never get there. And people come out of the excellent driven life because they feel like I never measure up. It's not to be measured up. It's to be really pursued. Never stop in your pursuit of excellence. Because every time you think you get there, it moves forward. It, it's like vision. It perpetually pulls you forward. And most people quit on it and don't even try to achieve it anymore because they can't grab it. See, people don't like end goals. They want to know when they arrive. I hate it because I want to know when we're starting, when we're finishing certain things. This one never ends. So you got to just keep pressing. And what happens is because it's never really just... You can never really grab it, but it's an invitation from God, and God is really into this one because excellence is order. It really is. It is really, one of the things of excellence, it's, it's, the, it's, it's really like when order has been divinely decided in decisions, excellence is being revealed. When order is being set, excellence is being revealed. It's like if something is out of place and you bring order to it, Excellence becomes revealed. But you got to be invited. God invites us. And this is why I think we're really where we're at right now with the whole rebrand is that I know God has demanded another level of excellence from the whole place. It's, it's an invitation. And I won't tell you as deep about it, but me and PL were out. And I kept saying, I said, man, this is going to be something. And it was like, literally, I saw it. And it was. And I kind of, I got called out. Let's just say it was me. I got called out on not really being ready for the next thing that was happening, but I knew it was coming. 
But instead of really like fine tuning it, I just kind of was like, ah, it was my, it was my moment to learn. And in the moment, I noticed something. Excellence was revealed and I got it. I said, excellence is an invitation given by someone, but prompted by God. So somebody says, hey, come on, but God prompts the moment because he knows you gotta go up. Most people don't want to accept it because they start basically justifying why they, that, that moment was good enough. Because you're gonna become uncomfortable right away. Does that make sense? So you're looking at the not good enough moment and go, oh, I did, I did. don't try to explain yourself when excellence comes knocking. Just accept the invitation. No, excellence doesn't care where you were, it's trying to take you to another dimension of life. So when excellence comes knocking, answer the door with yes, sir. Let's go. Because it's nowhere you've ever been before. So you don't try to explain where you are. Just say, I'm signed up. Let's go. And then that thing will take you somewhere you cannot take yourself. But people don't like it because it's uncomfortable because it's really outside of. It's, why it is is this because we're outside of the realm of excuse. When excellence knocks, there's no more excuse. And people don't like it because it's very uncomfortable because there's no excuse. Does that make sense? Like, oh, I tried. You know, like when you go, oh, I tried. There's no, I tried. There's no, you know what I mean? And it's really challenging, but, it, but it's God. Now, you might say, well, God, man, that's kind of mean. It's not mean. What it is is he's, he knows the only way to get you out of where you are to where you got to go to another level is you, you think in this realm of excellence and then watch this. You know what's funny? One day you'll walk in a room and not see stuff. The next day you'll walk in, you'll notice everything. It's weird. I can't, you can't explain it. It's something that's not explained. It's something that you kind of catch because you've been invited to go there. Does that make sense? And God does it. And then you start seeing through the eyes of God. And you hear it at a different frequency. You understand it at a different frequency. And stuff really happens. So we're going to do it. But let her read that and then we'll show you some of the leaders. So we keep our eyes set on excellence. And, and as Pastor Chris said, it can be elusive. It is elusive. And here's how you can know if you're operating in excellence. Knowing excellence is the answer to the question, if I gave this my all, what does it look like? You can utilize that on your job. Are you just going through the motions? Or are you giving it your all? Um, perfection is never expected. Effort always is. And I think when, when you're looking, people confuse perfection and excellence. Yeah, they think it true. has to be perfect, but it doesn't have to be perfect. Are you giving it your all? Are you giving it 100%? Are you operating in every area of your life like Jesus is your boss and you're doing it for him? I told them, I, it was funny, I remember being at, at, at a job a long time ago and I was doing this and they gave, me, they gave me this thing, they wanted me to itemize a spreadsheet, which I did in like five minutes because it was easy for me. But I started looking and I said, wait a second, they have errors on here. There's duplicates on here. There's problems with this. They didn't ask me to do any of those things, but I handed it back to them and I said, here you go. Here's your spreadsheets. Here's the things. I noticed that you had highlighted all the duplicates. I saw these were some errors. It seems like these are maybe incorrect. And you want to know what? They promoted me to one of the top positions in the company by Friday. That was on a Tuesday. And on Friday, I got promoted to the owner's job. I'm serious. She was going on maternity leave and they gave me her job. They called me in the office and said, the person we hired to do this job is not going to work. You're going to be the one who's going to do this. What if I just went in there and said, fine, I'll just itemize the spreadsheet. That wasn't my all. My all was I knew other things to do. If that's all I knew how to do, guess what? But when you operate in excellence, it brings promotion it, from God. It brings yes. all these things. So that's where you, you look and go, ask yourself that question every day in your schoolwork. I know we got college and am I giving this project my all or am I just trying to get by? In the home, am I giving this my all or am I just trying to get by? Am I giving this my all? That's what you ask yourself every day. You wake up every Man. single day and you say, hey, is the word of God first place in my life? Am I following the spirit today? Am I reaching my community around me? Yes. What am I doing to build the world, reach the world? And am I giving this my all? Am I aiming for excellence in Come everything on. I do? Yeah, I think one of the things that's the most important thing that we can do is we got to find. Now, within vision, you have to find yourself. You know what I mean? And, and, and a lot of things, your, your passion and your purpose and what you love and what you hate is going to reveal some of that. I think it's really, really important that you kind of you really start finding that and you start getting involved. One of the greatest things with vision is responsibility. Mm -hmm. Now, within this picture, there's going to be places for you to fit in. And 
that's why we wanted to share this. And this is kind of like the um, the set the set guidelines of this, this structure. And God can build off the, these pillars easy and simple. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that I really want you guys to know is that you fit in within this. And now the thing is, you know, we we find you know find your place, reveal your purpose. Right, fulfilling your destiny, fulfilling your call of God. You got something in you the world needs. Now, a lot of you guys are doing stuff within this thing that only you can do. A lot of you are trying to discover that. I think you, you, start, you start seeking God and where do I, because what happens is you go to a church for a season of life where you just kind of, you feed on it and you absorb it and you need it. And then there comes a time when you just, you do still need that, but now your, your responsibilities change. Now I got, sorry, well, who could I start mentoring or who can I start helping or what can I start doing or where do I put my hands to the plow? And that is really, really important in spiritual growth. Now, some of you, you're in step one. You're just, you're just here learning and doing, and that's great. But some of you know God's been knocking on the door of your heart to get involved. Now, the involvement is not because we just want people. No, the involvement is because you're, you're anointed, whether it be a spiritual thing or a natural thing, you're anointed to do your part within the vision. And that is so important because the vision is only as good as the people within it. And just so you guys know, and we're gonna introduce the people, I didn't, it wasn't my vision. Everybody thinks like you wake up one day and go, oh, Pastor Chris, you came up with this. I didn't come up with none of this. I didn't wanna do it. God's like, hey, here it is. You either accept it or reject it, but it's my plan. And I go, okay, let's go. You know what I mean? So that means he brings people. And the people he brings have something to do with the infrastructure of the vision. Does that make sense? So you're not here by, oh, I retired. No. Oh, I, uh, I moved to Florida because the sun comes out. Sorry. You could be in Arizona, California, Tahiti. You know what I'm saying? You could be anywhere. You know what I'm saying? It's God's bigger, man. He runs air traffic control like you've never seen before, man. None of this stuff is a mistake. You didn't come here today because like, oh, I just want to go check it out. God draws the people, you know. PL read that scripture. It was so good. It's like, hey, you get him in the presence and I'll start revealing the plan. And that's why we're here. So one of the things we want to do is we want to talk to you. PL uh, and, um, and me just want you to know some of the leaders within the church are here taking leadership positions, helping carry the weight of the ministry. It's really important. We wanted you to meet some of them. Some of you know who they are. Some of you don't know. They're ministry directors, there are people, a lot of you guys are doing great things. These guys just have taken a step to really, um, yeah, not just even oversee, but grab reins of, of things that need to be governed within the church. They really need, like, you know, like the Nimitz is, they're, and they're going to meet, you're going to meet them. You know, doing, doing, doing the youth and, and overseeing the youth is such an important role and responsibility. I want the youth parents not just to meet them, but get to know them. You need to know these people. You don't just need to know these people. You need to have their phone number. You need to like, you know what I mean? You need to be like, hey, I do it. I'm like, hey, how's my kid doing? And I'm not that guy like, oh, my kids are great. Come on, I live with them. I know what's up. You know what I mean? They're great kids, but you know what I mean? Hey, where do they need, where do, we don't go get them. You don't go get them. So these are guys, you know, Miss Stacy is crushing it with children's church. I mean, those kids are learning the word of God getting filled with the Holy Ghost. Man, if you got kids in kids' church, you need to know her. You need to see what she needs. You need to just get around her, and you need to be like, hey, what's up? What's going on? Marriage ministry, the Widener's are doing that. And, these, and listen, let me tell you something. The huge problem is the marriage breakdown. You know what I mean? They're a ministry that can help you. You know what I mean? Everything that we're going to do, and we're going to bring everybody up, outreach with Jesus, everybody's doing it. Now, listen. Here's what I want, I want you guys to know too. Some of you are waiting to become perfect before you start doing something from God. You're crazy, man. You ain't never gonna be perfect. God, that's the one thing I love about the Bible. God, God never hid the imperfection of man. He basically put it on blast. <laughs> that's way better than the amen you just gave me. Like, Peter's a schmuck, dude. Do we got to write about it? Jesus like, Peter, before the rooster crows, three times you're going to denounce me. Like, that's blast, bro. You could have just said Peter denounced you. You didn't have to put the rooster in there. Like, the whole, <laughs> come on, right? 
You know, like, Peter's going to be a schmuck. We all know this, right? Like, Peter is going to blow it. He's going to do bad. Let's just say, Peter is going to have a bad day. No, Jesus gets all theatrical with him and goes, Peter, before the rooster crows three times today, you will shall deny me. It's like on total blast. Come on, man. He's got like, you know, give me a break, man. He never hid the imperfections of people. He basically ex exposed them so we could find humanity and go, hey, we're not perfect people, but we serve a perfect God and we help imperfect people. So God's not looking perfection out of you to help somebody. God's looking for obedience out of you to help people. So that's what it's about. And you're not perfect. We're not perfect, but we're doing the best we can together. So guess what? Get involved. And these leaders, the one thing about it, I want you to know, there's gifts and callings are given by God. They're not given by promotion is in the hand of the Lord, not the hand of man. That's right. God promotes you to a position and then you maintain the position the best you can. So that's the thing you got to realize and understand is that we're here to help you. They're here to help you. And we're called of God to help you. And, if, uh, and are they coming? If, yeah, if all of our leaders want to go ahead and come on up. Yeah, come on up. I'll come on up. And then we PL's just want to introduce, introduce you. you. Why? It's good for you to see. Okay, some of you, like like you said, you might not know who Pastor Stacey is. You might not know who um, Pastor Paul and Janice are. You might not know who Paul and Karen Widener are. Yeah, come but on we're up. Just come on up, and we're going we're gonna to give yeah. them a hand as they come up. You guys can come on Yeah, you can come Praise on up. Praise the Lord. On up. Come on up. And I'm going to take a quick minute and just introduce them to you. We're going to introduce them all. You'll see their picture up on the stage. Woo, woo. You guys need help up? Yeah, come on. Got it? Here, Gene. This is the uh, All right. crew. So first, first we have we have um, yeah, Pastor up, Roxanne Dwyer, her husband Sean. Roxy is our is our campus pastor. She's our dean of our Bible college. She basically handles all the pastoral care. She coordinates the hot, the experience. She does a million things that nobody knows she does. But you want to know what? You should be appreciative of her because she handles all that stuff, and it's awesome. So give her a hand. I think that's amazing. Um, we have Pastor Stacy Lynch, who is our children's pastor. She's our children's pastor. You know, it's awesome. When she first came in the church, I had no idea she had children's in her heart. And we were going through some stuff, and it was she was like, oh, well, yeah, I have children's in my heart. She is phenomenal. She loves the kids in this church. If you are a parent, you need to go thank her because what she's instilling in them, she's not just back there doing a Bible lesson with them. She's back there getting them filled with the Holy going? Spirit, teaching them how to pray, and helping you be better Praise parents because she's working with them. So Pastor Stacey Lynch. Then we have Pastors Paul and Janice Nimitz. They are new to our to our crew here. They literally, you know, sometimes God knits your hearts with people. And they just moved here like a month ago. But they, they've been, it's been in the works for a while. They came here on vacation and said that God had been stirring them and they knew that they were supposed to come here. And they packed up their family and moved here and God opened the door. They've been in children's ministry and youth ministry for years and years and years and have so much knowledge. And they are our youth pastors as well as they're going to do a lot more. But we're so thankful for them. So parents, if you have youth, you need to come meet them afterwards. In fact, I'd, when we're done, all the leaders are going to stay up front. I'd love for you guys to come say hello, shake their hand. Um, but, you know, give Paul and Janice a, a hand there and, and bless them for, for being here. Then we have Paul and Karen Widener. Um, they, they've been with us for a really, really long time, um, and we're grateful for them so much. Paul and Jan, uh, Paul and Paul and not Janice, Paul and Karen, they head up our marriage ministry. How many of you know marriage ministry is important? And I know when we went to them and said, we think you're supposed to do marriage ministry, Karen was like, what? Right? But you want to know what? They're amazing. They're awesome. And they have so much knowledge. They are, if, if you, in case you need to know, they are certified by Jimmy and Karen Evans with Marriage Today. But they lead our marriage ministry. If you're having struggles in your marriage, go talk to them. Grab one of them and say, hey, can we go have coffee? And they'll, they're, 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 and they're awesome. But you know what? They say, can we talk to you for a minute? So they can help you. So Paul and Karen Wagner, give them a hand. Then we have um, Dennis and Jeannie Huth right here. Dennis and Jeannie Huth. 
Awesome. Um, Jeannie was one of our Bible school students who just started coming to Bible college. And she didn't even attend our church, but she wanted to learn more about the things of God. And she was one of the ones that in the midst of learning about the things of God, realized that she had a call of God on her life. And she started teaching the Bible school. She started going into the prisons and leading. She does ministry in the, she was leading our IBTC campuses in the prisons uh, from that. And she and she and her husband did Dennis, Dennis came on board, wasn't sure what the HG was when he first came around, but now he is filled with the Holy Ghost and he got on fire too. And guess what? They uh, they, they lead our outreach ministries. They're at the Miracle Center on every Monday night, um, ministering to the homeless in the community. Anything that's outreach related, they are in charge of and they we are grateful for them. Give them a hand. They do a wonderful, wonderful job. Then we have our Miss Kathy Stravi. Our Miss Kathy is, 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 she is one of the most important pieces of this puzzle. I say this, you've probably heard me say this. If you have never been here, you'll hear me. I can call Miss Kathy at 3 a.m. and say, Miss Kathy, I need you to pray for me. And she will say, well, Pastor Liz, I've already been up since 2.30 praying for you. This lady prays. And it's her privilege and her honor to pray. And she prays for you. She's prayed for every single one of you, whether she's met you or not. She's been praying for you. And if you need someone to pray for you, you go grab Miss Kathy when you're here and say, Miss Kathy, yeah, give her a hand. She's a warrior. It leads our prayer ministry. Then we have uh, Miss Angela Petraccio. She is our media director. Not today, Satan. I love it. She leads our media. Do you know why media is so important? Let me tell you a quick thing. We were somewhere once, and Pastor Chris, we were actually in this church, and Pastor Chris gave an altar call in the middle of worship, which he'd never done before, for people who were considering taking their lives. Never had that happened ever in the history of our church. And he came up in the middle of worship and said, if you've contemplated suicide this week, I need you to come to the altar. We had people that came off the praise team. Six months later, we were in Atlanta, Georgia, and someone walked up to us and said, I want you to know I was getting ready to take my life. I had the pills in my hand, and somehow, I don't know how, I happened to see some webcast from your church, and the pastor said, if you are considering suicide, I want you to come up here right now. And because he said that, I got set free, and I did not take my life. Without the media team, that person would no longer be with us. You think it's not important, and Angela leads that ministry. So, Angela, what you do is so, so important. And then we have Miss Nikita Strawn. Now, give a big hand for Nikita because anything that's hospitality-related, she has her hand in. She can cook better than anybody I know. Uh I'm like, if Kita's cooking, I'm eating. It's amazing. So she handles all that. You know what? She puts her, look, you want to know what? She has a gift to cook. I'm being serious. She has an anointing to cook. She cooks with so much love. She does it. I, can I see, I'm going to brag on you for one quick second. Do you know what? I'm going to tell you a secret. I love her oatmeal. It sounds so silly. I love her oatmeal. This girl was sick. And the day she got better, she, we were at the school that morning. Miss Gary and I were there. And she came up to the school and said, I just wanted to make you some oatmeal and brought me some oatmeal. Do you know that's a ministry? That blessed my heart. I'm like, this girl's sick and she's cooking for me. Aww. But anyway, she's, she does amazing things. You don't, you don't really recognize the fruits of her labor, but anytime we have anything hospitality related, you know she's involved. Give Amen. her a hand. It's awesome. And then these two ladies right here, uh, I wanted to, to bring them, because some of you don't know, we have a preschool, Champions Academy. And Champions Academy is not a school, it's a ministry. And it's a very difficult ministry, so be praying for these girls double. Because it is not easy. We've gone through things with the pandemic, with things we minister to families. We've stayed open throughout this entire time. We have gone through hardship. We've gone through difficulty. And guess what? These two right here, Miss Cherise Moyer and Miss Kiara Wilson, they hold that school down and they take care of business. I'm so blessed when I go in there in the mornings. Miss Cherise is in there praying it up with the team. They're praying in the Holy Ghost, bringing down the presence of God. When I go in there, Miss Kiara, man, they are awesome. And you want to know what? You guys might not know them. That's why I was like, no, Champions Academy is a ministry of relevant church, and they are directors of that school, and you need to know who they are. Why? Because they're awesome, and they're ministering. Be praying for them. Be praying for the school. So these are our team. These are our leaders. We love them, you all, so much. We cannot. We cannot forget Lauren. Oh, oh, did I miss Lauren? Oh, my gosh. Sorry about it. I I got your back. 
I'm so sorry, Lauren. I skipped Lauren. Uh, this is Lauren Sarno. I'm so sorry. She was supposed to be like way before, and I must. Okay, I, honey, that's why we're a team. <sighs> okay, Lauren is uh, Lauren is our creative director, which means she does a little bit of everything. She's the one who's responsible for the changes in the decor, the logos, the branding. She leads worship. She does all of those things. She does a lot of work that you don't see, but you do see, but you didn't know it was her. Amen. And you know what? The Bible says, "Give honor where honor is due." We honor her. We're gonna honor him. She was, Pastor Chris said something at the beginning. He said, Lauren and PL, I had nothing to do with any of this stuff. Just so that you yes. know, I'm not going to take credit because it wasn't me. It was Lauren's brainchild. She got her team together and she handled it very well. And she's also my daughter and I'm very proud of her. But, um, Amen. But right. anyway, I want you just, can you guys do me a favor? The Bible does say give honor where honor is due. Can you stand up on your feet and give these leaders of our church a hand? And thank them for their faithfulness. And can we just Man. pray for them right now? Yeah. Hey, listen, you guys can be seated. Just thank you for honoring them. I want you guys to know, you guys, you guys fill an awesome role in what you do, in your faithfulness, and what you do on a daily basis. There's people that come here before church starts. I mean, I don't even know where some, I don't even know where the lights are in this place. Besides, like, I don't even know how to put this stuff on. That's because somebody's taking care of that. These guys are taking care of a ministry role and a responsibility that's important. Some of you guys take care and compliment what they're doing, and some of you guys are doing, doing the things that nobody sees. And you know what's funny? I wrote something the other day. This is good for you guys too. You know, a lot of times we do things, like your most important parts of your body nobody sees you know what i'm saying the most like if you look at the human body right you say oh i see your eyes i see your head it, those are great your hands but the vitals are covered nobody sees them you don't see your heart you don't see your kidneys you don't see your lungs those things are hidden and a lot of times in life you might feel like your ministry is like in obscurity or it's hidden or you know Nobody knows what I do. Nobody sees the little things or the faithfulness. And these guys are doing it at a level and you're doing it. But I want you to know that God promised not to forget your work and labor of love. See, God's the only rewarder of all this stuff. And as much as they're, they're handling roles and handling responsibilities and and a lot of times, and ministry is total triage. And it, it, it's the word, I, I love the prodigal because I think it's great because I always think like the prodigal son is a total nitwit. He's running around like a moron, you know? And it was almost like the faithful son's like, what about me? And I, I remember reading that and I was like, you know, faithfulness gets overlooked. And the problem child always gets attention. And sometimes, you know, in that story, when the faithful son was like, what about me, man? And he looks a little jerky, but I got the spiritual meaning of it. I've been faithful. I've been serving. And what about me? And it seems like the people that always got the problems get the attention. Because the ministry is a lot like an emergency room. It's like triage. Like, oh, you cut your finger. You can wait. Oh, you're going to die. We need to give you attention. And sometimes in ministry, it all gets overlooked. But I want you to know, God said, I'll never forget your work and labor of love. He sees it all. He's the rewarder of it. You're going to get to heaven and it's going to be whatever you've done in the earth is your reward and whatever gets tried by fire burns up. But I want you guys to know everything you do is important. And you know what? This is the most humbling thing about the job that I do is I can't reward you. And I don't think God wants me to. I think he waits to the day you finish your race, you walk through a pearly gate and he says, well done, Thou good and faithful servant, enter into the kingdom. And then he rewards you for everything you did that nobody saw. And he says, good job. So we could only sometimes support it, try to, try to acknowledge it, do the best we can to be there. And I'm telling you right now, I'm human. I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm going to miss it. But you're important, man. And you're important to us. You're important in the kingdom. You're important in the family of God. And you guys are important. And, they, and these guys, they need your help. Your one time of help or 
you know, in media or service or outreach, like going out there and signing up on that Port Orange Family Day, you know what that does for their, 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 their ministry and their oomph that what they're doing matters? You know what it's like to have an event and nobody shows up? You know what it's like to go and say, hey, I want to go minister to your kids and you can't take the time to show up? Come on, man. It's time for ownership and involvement. We're either going to talk about it or we're going to be about it. And look, I ain't got no problem. I'll take five of you and change the world. That ain't my, my deal's easy. I know what I'm doing. Just who's going to be there when I turn around? But I'm not going to not make the mark. I'm getting there. So it's time to go, all right, you know what? And look, I told you, like, if you don't know this is it, then figure out where it's it. But if this is it, it's time to get in. We got to go cultivate people to go to another level. And these guys right here, hands down, serving, just those little levels of encouragement just to say, hey, just to show up and do so. You know, even like just seeing the, the, the team put their love in it. Man, I've, I've watched, I watch every one of you, like you beyond anointed. You love, you're, you put love in this stuff. And I know like sometimes you say, no, no, it's, trust me, it's love. It's, I, I've, seen those, I, I've seen those parents over at the daycare. You know, it's not being smart, but you know, those kids, if they don't have love from you guys, they ain't getting love from home. I've seen them kids, you know, it's not easy what they do. None of this is easy. You know, media and struggling and kids are going and doing it in ministry. You guys have been doing this a long time and trying to help people and tell people the truth. And they don't, you tell them go right, they go left. And then they come back and try to get you to help. Look, this ain't easy. Ministry is not easy, but God said he's going to be faithful. So nothing about the kingdom's easy. People are human. But I, I don't want you to forget this one thing, man. It's important what we do. And it's important what you do. And it's important you get involved. So when you go home today, you might just be like, hey, you know what? I think there's something for me to get involved in. To, even if it's help leadership, I got responsibility for the kingdom and I'm going to meet it. Amen? So come on, let's pray for these guys. Father, and we're going to pray for you guys. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for our leaders. I thank you, Lord, for each and every one of them. I thank you, God, for anointing them, appointing them. God, I thank you for the calling upon their life. I thank you for the plan upon their life. I thank you for the purpose upon their life. I thank you, God, for clear vision and clear understanding of what they're called to do, who they're called to be, and what they're supposed to accomplish in this season of life. I thank you, Lord, for keeping them and blessing them, Lord. I thank you, Lord. God, even if you just lay hands on them, Lord, I just thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, for anointing them afresh and anew. I thank you, Lord, for giving them the wisdom, the knowledge, and the understanding. I thank you, Lord, for the blessing of God coming upon them. I thank you, Lord, for the faithfulness of God resting upon them. I thank you, Lord, for favor resting upon them, Lord. God, I thank you for your faithfulness resting upon them, God. Callings becoming clearer. Plans becoming clearer. The anointing becoming stronger. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the anointing of heaven resting upon them. I thank you for the blessing of the Lord will be in their mouth. I thank you for the increase in wisdom of heaven will be upon them. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to anoint them, God, for this next season greater than ever before. And Father, I thank you, God, that in our humanity we find your deity. I thank you, Father, that we're called and appointed because of what you put in us. Gifts and call I thank you, Lord, for impartation and revelation. And we thank you, Lord, for the wisdom. We thank you for strength, giving them the strength to run their race, finishing their course, fulfilling the plan, fulfilling the dream. And Father, I thank you, Lord, for blessing them supernaturally in this season of life. And Lord, I thank you, Father, for the congregation, Lord. I thank you for the people out there that have plans inside their heart, but you're going to order their steps. You're going to fulfill the purpose that you have for their life, and they're going to step in the calling that you've given them. Father, we thank you that this is who we are, and this is what we do, and we do it in all glory and all honor for you, because we love you, and we praise your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray, and everybody said amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Don't forget, now listen, you can go in the bookstore, you can get a shirt, you can get a mug, you can hang out, you guys can fellowship. Come meet these guys. They're going to hang out. If you haven't met them, come say hey. But don't forget tonight, ladies, this is where it starts. You know, like, it was funny. We had the men's fellowship in the morning yesterday. It was great. We hung out. We had a great time. We communicated. Mark your calendar. Get involved. I think it's October the 8th. Is that right? The business fellowship? Is that the Saturday? 9th? 9th. October the 9th, we're doing the business fellowship for all you guys. That's men and women. And don't forget tonight. 
Come on out, ladies. Hang out with Pastor Liz. Get to fellowship. Get to meet some people. It's going to be great. God bless you. We love you guys. And we're going to see you soon. Amen. This is us. Now go, out, go be part of us. Let's go do us. Amen. God bless you. Come say hey to these guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.